I'll be sure to time myself. So we read Luke chapter 23, verse 18 to 34. And what we see there happening, that in that time is when Jesus Christ was on his way to be crucified, but there was a trial. Before somebody gets crucified, there was, there, there was a trial for him. And the people, there's an opportunity for the people to let Jesus go. But what do they do? They don't. They let some other man go instead. Man, a man who was justly due the penalty for his acts. But they said no, they wanted Jesus. They wanted Jesus to be the one who would go on the cross. This was injustice. What, what was his crime? Murder and insurrection being the penalty. But Jesus had done no wrong. Christ came into this world to show us how to live, and he lived a perfect life. He lived a life that none of us could live, and he faced injustice on this day. The same way that Botham Jean faced injustice himself. And yet, what did Jesus say in the verse 34? He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Jesus himself was a Jew. And he was denied by fellow Jews. And faced all this injustice by them. Because he told the truth. What is racism? The title of today's message is essentially when radical violence meets radical forgiveness. That racism, we have racism, we have prejudice, we have tribalism. And I'll go through these three things really quickly. That's not where I want our focus to be. But racism is a sense of superiority, superiority, hey, this one is hot. Superiority of race. Like my race is better than you, that if I'm white, I'm better than you. If I'm black, I'm better than you because just for the sole fact that I'm this race. But what makes racism different from prejudice, understand, is that racism is based on power dynamics. For example, you want to get a job. Who's in charge of you being able to get that job? Racism based on power dynamics. Yeah, racism being based on power dynamics. And prejudice is just your preconceived notion towards that particular person. You don't even know the person and you're already judging them. That's prejudice. There's a saying that black people can't be racist. Bro, yes, we can be, depending on where you are. Not every single person can be prejudiced. But we all have our prejudices, what we think of people. We went into different countries for a particular reason. We went to Ghana because in Ghana we have areas and situations of tribalism. It's not so much of racism, but a tribalism. That because I'm an Akan, because I'm a Santi, because I'm whatever it is, that I'm better than you who is in Ewe, I'm better than you who lives in these regions, who lives, who's in the Mullah area. But things ought not to be so. And what is all of this based on? The consequences of this is what? Sadness, right? 
there's wars. There are wars that have been fought over things like this. At the core of all of this being hatred. The racism is alive not only in America. Racism is alive all over the world. Racism is alive wherever there is not 100% of just that group. So that means, yep, it's there in Japan too, where it was just 98%. What's the root cause of all of this? What's, what is it at the core? Hatred. Exactly. Sin being that. But how can one be so hateful? So in order for somebody to be racist or prejudiced towards somebody or hate that person, we have to get, they have to get their mindset to the point where they throw out the fact that that person is a human, that they're a human being made in the image of God, and then they end up seeing them as an animal, seeing that person as somebody who's something other than human. That is the only way. Because otherwise, you see that person, you say, this person is created in the image of God, and they are worthy and, 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 and deserving of respect and dignity, regardless of how you feel about the person. Being black and Christian, that's something we'll touch on a bit too as well. What does that look like in this position that we're in? Of all the injustices that have gone on. But in all of this, noting down that forgiveness is necessary. Forgiveness is necessary. But forgiveness goes hand in hand with justice. That we forgive because Christ forgave us. We forgive because Christ forgave us. If Christ did not forgive us, where would we be? We would be nothing. Somebody has said that, you know, I don't know why he hugged that person. Took it to a bit of extreme, right? Doesn't make sense. Things like that don't make sense to the world. There are many tweets and stuff that went back and forth. People are going back and forth on this that, why do you only get 10 years? Why, why, why did she only get 10 years? Why this, why that? If she had been a different type of person, if she had been a black man, she would have been sentenced way longer. And yes, that may have potentially been true. But it shouldn't keep us from praising and acknowledging that God's glory has been made known in this situation. That in this situation, we saw grace and forgiveness that is extended onto man. The same type of grace, that, if, that type of grace even pales in comparison to the grace and forgiveness that Jesus Christ gave to us. Justice will always be served. But you have to ask yourself the question, who will this justice be served by? Is it you that desires to get the vengeance? Or do you understand that justice is the Lord's and the Lord is the one who will repay? It says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. So forgiveness does go hand in hand with justice. What you are due, you receive. But we have to know that that forgiveness, we do it over time, it takes time. Because when things like this happen, it's not easy. I went to school down in Charlottesville 
And I don't know if you guys have heard some of the things that happened in Charlottesville a few years back. And it was tough. Uh, in Charlottesville, there was a lot of riots and things like that. And my last year in Charlottesville, um, there was a, I, my last year is when there were some things going on with um, this man who had been chokehold to death in New York. If any of you guys remember his name. But Eric Gardner, yes. And Eric, and at that, and that, that same evening, what did I do? I was so furious, I was so angry, that I got up, and there was a protest going on, and I joined the protest. We were running through the hallways, we were running through the library, we went to the library, we went to all the quiet areas, there's a little section of the library that is just quiet, right? But we didn't care. We wanted to protest because we, we were hurt. That's how we lashed out. There's a place and time for everything. And perhaps that was not the right place. And when we are hurt, we have to understand how to go about it. We all put our phones away. We don't need them anymore, guys. Put your phones away, please. How often should I forgive God? So this thing happens time and time and time again. But how do, how do I feel being black in America? And that's a question that I'll, I'll ask you guys in a bit. Not I'm just being black, being, being African in America. That's got its own little layer to it as well, right? Trying to juggle between that and African American. But knowing that in all of that, how many times are we supposed to forgive when things like this happen? Thank you. That means I'm 77 times. A day. So that basically means a lot. That basically means you gotta keep on forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. When the person hurts you, you gotta forgive. When they break your heart, you gotta forgive. When they disappoint you, you gotta forgive. The forgiveness doesn't come easy. But you don't forgive and what happens? You go off with this anger in your heart and your soul. That person has asked for forgiveness from God. They go on scotch-free. And because of somebody, you don't make it to heaven? Because of somebody, you don't make it to be with the Lord? Love, this ought not to be so. So, I promise you a short message today. We're just 10 minutes in. We've done a lot of different things today. But I want to kind of hear your thoughts a bit more about how it is that you feel and how it is that the gospel transforms that in a bit. That church is the only place, honestly, that we gather and it doesn't matter what your color is, we know one another based on the fact that we are believers. We love one another. We're called to do such a difficult thing. Even in the midst of all of that, yeah, there's 70% plus white people, 12% black people. How do we all love one another still through that? When you go to school, what is your mindset towards those people? Do you see them as white people? Yes, they are white. You see them as black people, yourselves as black people? Yes, you are black. 
But you have to understand that you are believers. That we are believers first. Imagine when you go to a football game or something, or a basketball game, and you put on their jersey, right? You've got a jersey on, I've got a jersey on, right? One of your friends has another jersey on. We've all got the same jersey on. I've got such a different background from maybe your background and them. But the one thing that connects us together right there is what? That team that we're supporting, right? And it's the same thing with Christ. Do we gather together and we support the team? We support our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is who we are gathered forever with. Imagine a big stadium of just everybody wearing the same clothes, clothed in white, praising our Lord Jesus Christ. That is a beautiful picture. That whether you're from Japan or Chad or Australia, Brazil, that one day we will all gather together in one stadium to give praise and thanks and honor to our God. Now that is a beautiful sight. That is a glorious sight. We know that our God in heaven, that is what he ordains. So all the hatred, all the things that happen, we have to resist responding in the way that the world would, would, would respond. And we have to know that every situation that happens, even the death of somebody who is innocent, that in some way, somehow, it's to bring glory to God. We're here discussing this. And I hope that through this, somebody's mind changes. Through this, whatever type of grudge you have against somebody, that you, that you lay that aside. I pray this for your life. That joy reign through your soul. And you forgive others as God has forgiven you. Because if you don't forgive others, God does not forgive you. And the, the worst thing to ever do would be to not make it to heaven because of somebody else. So let go. I know it's hard. Especially when time and time again people mess you up. But you can count on Jesus. Know that Jesus went through what you're going through. Even far worse. They spat on him. They put a cross on his back. They nailed him to it. All of that. And he did nothing wrong. Both of them did nothing wrong. But even through that, God's glory is being made known. Jesus is that justification for us. When we're looking for justice, we have to look to Jesus. And know that he died on the cross, that every sin, all that's left then is forgiveness. And I pray that that woman will come to know God. And as believers, that is our response. Because I want to see everybody in heaven. And that God's will is that no man should perish. No one should perish. It's hard. And it's easy to talk. And when the situation happens, how will you respond? Will you 
throw fits of rage. Oh, will you open your heart, know that you too are a sinner and you could have been that person. And that God forgives. And you too will forgive. I pray you choose the latter. Thank you. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for your short word here today, Lord. I pray that it pierces every heart and mind and soul. That God, anybody that we've got a grudge against, we go to that person and let them know that, Lord, we go to that person and we let that person know that we forgive them. God, I don't want people to not make it to heaven, to not be with you on account of somebody else. God, I harbored unforgiveness in my heart for so long. I don't desire that for anybody here. Father, open their eyes and in their hearts to hear you. And this message is for somebody here today. That whoever has wronged them, they will go to that person and show grace. We put our pride aside, Lord. Help us set aside our pride. The pride that keeps us from wanting to go to people and say, hey, I release you for your own sake and for my own sake. Father, please release and help us to release those who we have in captivity. Because if we don't forgive, Lord God, we are slaves to sin. And I pray that no man, no woman here be slave to sin. Father God, help us pray this message will touch all hearts today. I thank you, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name I do pray. Amen. So, as I promised, I leave a little bit of time for...